Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Crucifying Addiction. I am Bailey Jowers. And I'm and Trent this Mulkey. Is Trent uh... Mulkey. Bro, he came in a little early. Let's try it again. <laughs> I'm Bailey Jowers, and this is... No, let's just roll with it. It'll be let's okay. Keep going, let's keep just going. roll with it. This is Trenton Mulkey. This is Trent Mulkey, boys. Trent All Mulkey. right, and today, guys, we have a great friend of ours. If you're partying in the club, the house lights are dark, right? And there's a reason for that. Because when they turn on, you see all the junk that's on the floor. The sad faces, baggy eyes. You see just the ugliness of that environment. That's what dragging temptation in the light does, is it shows you its true form. Introduce yourself, man. I'm John. I'm glad to be here today. Glad you're here, John. Tell us a little bit about yourself, or a lot about yourself. Whichever comes out first. Well, I've known Bailey for several years. Several years now, right? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. Um, And known Trent since, I mean, what, since you joined the the worship team, I think is when when I started meeting you. Okay. Um, And, man, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've been super involved with Celebration Church and... I don't know. Living life. I'm excited to be here. I don't see. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What do you do for work? Uh, I work in the meat market at HEB as of right now. Nice. And so I uh, package stuff. I put it on the shelves and I, uh, move heavy boxes quite a bit. And then stay uh, strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not break your wrist, which I did recently. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do when you're not working and you're not at church? Uh, I study the word. I pray. I play video games, which is fun. Um, and then, uh, read, I like reading a lot and I'm currently reading the Pilgrim's Regress by C.S. Lewis. So I need to get into some C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis go hard. He's good. He's really good. What's your favorite video game right now? Ooh, that's either Valorant, which is, uh, kind of like a cartoon version of CSGO, um, or the finals, which just released recently. And that's super fun. I like playing that with my friends. But, uh, when I was younger, I um, was addicted to video games and would play them all the time. Uh, I was homeschooled for 12 years, so I was always at my house next to my DS or my PlayStation and stuff like that and um, really wanted my identity around my friends and stuff like that to be, oh, he's the kid that games. And so that's what was so enticing to me at the time. I saw YouTubers springing up left and right playing video games and just how successful that was, and that was... And an, an enticing thing for me is I wanted that fame and fortune. Did you put a camera in front of you? Um, at one point I did. I have old videos that are archived, archived, <laughs> archived. not not out there anymore, <laughs> um, of me with my spiky little hairdo and my lack of any special trait in front of the camera, just the generic white guy. Um, Was it BC too? Uh, that was, yes. Um, before Christ. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I was addicted to that. And then, um, when I was one night when I was playing, when I wasn't supposed to, uh, I was playing online and one of these, one of the other guys I was playing with started talking about stuff I didn't know about, which is like the female anatomy and, different things about it and I was confused I was I think like 11 or 12 at the time and like was not even in biology class yet or any sort of like any anything that would have helped clue in what was he what he was talking about and then um he was talking about stuff and I was like what are you even talking about and he told me to to look up this website com and find out. And so I did and saw all the stuff right away. And um my I was like shocked. Uh at, at first it was like I was taken back. I was like, what is this? But then it starts exciting your brain, right? It starts releasing those chemicals in your brain, starts like the the body changes and stuff like that and puberty yeah and so i was like actually this is enticing like i like watching this and that's when it started um i was introduced to pornography at that age and um 
was addicted to it for like solid for eight, nine years. Um, but it started then when I would sneak around with my DS, which I don't know why they did this, but DSs had internet capabilities. Um, I know 3DSs did for sure. Um, but they had internet capabilities and no restrictions on them. And so you could just access anything on, on that DS. And that's, I mean, like the computer was one of those, uh, one of those desktop computers. So they had the giant tower and the monitor and it was in a family room. So I wasn't on that one Mm -hmm. late at night until that got moved into my room for some reason. Um, and then I was like looking at all that stuff when I was younger and it was awful, wrecked a lot of like my like views of females around me, like just like the women that I knew that went to church, like that's all my mind would think about and harmed so many relationships because of it. And, uh, I mean, that was just uh, eating my lunch. And at the time I wasn't even trying to fight it. You know, it's like I was indulging and very happily indulging in it because I was like, I don't see any problem with that. Like, this is, this is nice. I'm not harming anybody by it. You know, there's that space where, it's not, you know, that you could be in trouble with other yeah. people, mm-hmm. but to you, right? There's nothing wrong with it, and probably everybody else is keeping it under wraps for themselves too. If yeah. that even was a thought, yeah. But my question: What makes it an addiction mm-hmm. more than a bad habit? Um. So one, like the place I go with um with that question is like okay what's a bad habit versus an addiction is um like i guess i guess it's it's personal um like how it affects you is what determines that um for me my definition of addiction is something you like if you try to stop you can't help but continue to do it Right, where it inhibits you from doing other stuff because you're addicted to that one thing. Bad habits may be like um, occasionally I'll I'll pick my nose and flick the booger or something like that, you know. Like <laughs> that's but bad it, habit. <laughs> it is. It's a bad habit. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, just go blow your nose. Right. It's a bad habit. I'm not addicted. Like, oh, I have to pick my nose right now and fling the booger to the wall or something like that. Like, that's not where my brain goes with like an Excuse addiction. Me for a second, guys. Yeah, I like, gotta go. I, I gotta go to the, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but it. But if you title something an addiction, that's somebody that is inhibited from doing something else because they have to do that one thing. Right. It's uh, a gives me vibes of like cigarettes of like people that are like hardcore addicted to nicotine. They're like, I have to have snuff. I have to smoke this cigarette. Like I'm going to like dismiss from, I'm going to take my 15 minute break at work just so I can go smoke a cigarette. You know, like I'm going to ask my manager, can I break my 15 into fives? Exactly. So I can take three before lunch. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the moment when you're out in a public space and that urge comes on you and you excuse yourself from a party, from a family gathering or something like that to sneak away to the restroom so you can look at that website, you can look at those images and you can finish your business wow. and then go back, right? That's yeah. what an addiction like points out to me is somebody that is inhibited from doing other stuff because they're addicted to that one thing. That's good. Bailey and I were kind of talking about like, even with cell phone usage, like mm-hmm. how it dismisses you. Right. You know, not right. even, not even if it was pornography, but if there was a, that could be, a, that's an addiction mm-hmm. that it takes you away from things that you know, you really want to do yeah. or really want to be a part of mm-hmm. your dreams, your goals, your objectives yeah. that have now changed to accommodate yeah something exactly. that yeah. you would have never beforehand decided i would rather do this instead yeah and that's like i i hinted like i said it a little earlier but like i was first addicted to video games and that's kind of how that was for me you know is um like when i was younger i wanted my identity to be the gamer and so i would literally excuse myself from family events to seclude myself to my room to play my game to grind to uh, earn the prizes or to get the rank or whatever. And 
um, like have that appearance to my friends. Right. And it was ultimately like, it was an identity issue, but it was taking form in the result of me wanting to be a gamer, like to have that title, right. Instead of the title of son or daughter of God, right. Instead of the title of son of God, I wanted the title of gamer. And that's what it was manifesting as was an addiction to video games, which I would excuse myself from family events. I would not go out with friends. I would want to stay home, right? I would chronically like I would hurt my sleep schedule, right? Which would in turn hurt my mental, which would then in turn hurt my identity even more so I could stay up playing video games so I could have that appearance. You know, I was getting way off the deep end in that area. Wow. So uh, before getting to the point where you realize that you don't want to do it anymore, there was a place where, was, was there a place where you had like excuses for the hurt sleep schedule and all this and that? Like, did you know it was because of that? Or did you have other excuses and things you pointed and blamed at? Uh, my other excuses were my friends were better than me and I was competitive by nature. That was my excuse in the moment as I'm like, man, I've got to get better because I can't have that guy beat me again. I've got to get better because this game is going to be my profession in the future. Like I wanted to be like a YouTuber because it fed the addiction, right? I watched YouTubers online that would play video games and I saw that that was successful. And so I wanted that to be my future. And I don't know if that was because of the video game addiction or if that just fed the addiction, you know, is I'm like, oh, I, I have this addiction and then that is just a reassurance or if I was chasing that and that's what caused the addiction as well. Um, when did you realize that this was becoming a problem, um, that this was an addiction? I have a really easy answer to that question, actually. Um, it's when I was caught stealing my parents' credit cards and using them online. Oh, wow, bro. Yeah, so... Uh, Why do I feel like I've heard this story before? Uh, Did you share it at Y? Uh, I've shared it um, at a men's retreat. I think you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, that. I do remember yes. that. So, so was it when you were, like, taking it out of your mom or dad's like wallet? Yeah, yeah. No, I would hardcore thief. I would be a hardcore thief in the middle of the night and, like, scrounge for my mom's purse and wallet and then grab the credit card, spend it. Not And it wasn't, like, at that time, like, it started video games and buying, like, stuff in games and cosmetic items mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I want to be, like, person that's the gamer. So the gamer has all the items and stuff like that as well. So you I, hadn't gotten caught yet. So I hadn't gotten caught yet. Yeah, so I, I just kept going. Um And then around that time when I was addicted to video games, I got also addicted to pornography. And because I had stolen credit cards for video games, I stole credit cards for pornography, right? To like do the live chats and stuff like that. And I was underage at this point, right? And like I'm I'm 11, 12 at that point. And there's no restrictions. So don't speak into the mic, right? Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right. Um, It's, it's, yeah, that's... Hello, hello. Um, What's your name? It's just Crickets. the just the oh little prepubescent voice in the microphone. That's awful. But uh, <laughs> um, that's awful. Yeah, but uh, golly, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was caught off guard by that one. Um, you're right. I didn't speak into a microphone. You're absolutely right. But that one. Um, but there were like absolutely no restrictions on these pornography websites that um. Like, all you had to do was basically hit accept, I'm above the age of 18, and then, like, you're in, you have all access, you can do anything that an adult would do on that website, and that was awful, Mm -hmm. because of there being no safeguards in that area, which, like, I mean, there's been studies and research recently that shows that, um the porn websites actually want minors to access the website. They don't want age verification. They don't want um, any of these things because it inhibits their cash flow. Like they get a lot of business from hooking youngers and then keeping them on until they're adults, which is absolutely insane. So before even getting caught, before you get into that, did you ever get called out Um, for like what it like they didn't know that maybe you were like getting into pornography, but right. like 
your uh, behaviors, mannerisms, dismissing yeah, absolutely. yourself. Did you ever get called out on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I was homeschooled for 12 years. So I was homeschooled all throughout um, my my schooling career, basically, until I got to college. Um, and so my mom had firsthand, um, like, like front row seat into my behavior and how I'm acting in like my school progress and my grades and all of that. And, um, I've always been a little, uh, like tech savvy. And so I was, <laughs> was adjusting my grades in the teacher's, uh, handbook mom's things. password. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. I would hack <laughs> the computer program and change my grades. So I didn't have to do math. And, uh, that's very bad. Kids don't do that if you're listening, um, because you want math. Math helps you critically think. It helps you problem solve. So if you're wondering, like, hey, like, why should I do math? Like, why would I ever need to know the the circumference of a circle or the area of this square or whatever? It helps your brain problem solve and develops that that critical thinking part of your brain, which is why math is so beneficial. So even if you don't enjoy it, do the work. Like, even if you're slow at it. Like, even if you're methodical with it, do it because it helps you problem solve and helps you critically think in the future. You just changed my whole point of view on school. Really? I'm, <laughs> hey, much. you I know what? Like, Let's go. useless, bro. No, dude, no. no, it's... No, now yeah, no, now I look sure. back and it's like, okay, Pythagorean theorem. What yeah. Was it? <laughs> what was it? Yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, but one, getting called out. Yeah. So my mom had a might a had a first row like front row seat to my behavior and my actions and stuff like that. And she knew that I wasn't sleeping as well because I had like giant bags underneath my eyes. You know, I would stay up all hours of the night and get up at six, like go to bed at like four or five, get up at six or seven. You know, so getting two hours of sleep with big old bags underneath a twelve year old's mm -hmm. eyes, like that's not good. Um, my schoolwork, I'm lethargic, you know, I'm what like, and then this. when I'm supposed to be doing school, now I'm playing video games. Right. And so if she walks into my room and I'm playing video games when I'm supposed to be doing math or, or English or science or any sort of like <clears throat> any one of my subjects, then I'm not doing like I'm homeschooled. So I'm at home all day and have every area of distraction around me. Which, I mean, was just a distraction for me. Like, I know I'm ultimately so thankful that I was homeschooled for 12 years. It added so many avenues for my life. Um, that was just one of the challenges. So what excuse did you give your mom? Or was it more like a leave me alone? Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, getting grounded from video games and then still choosing to play video games and then get more in trouble and then continue to play more video games and then get in trouble again and then get grounded, get them taken away. When I get them back, play more video games. Yeah. Like continued use despite consequences. Yeah. It's textbook yeah. addiction. Yeah. Recently I read this, it was a post on Instagram and it was saying that like pornography is your coping mechanism. It was like the person was saying, Oh, pornography is my coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. No, pornography is the reason you need to cope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That yeah. was, that was one of the things um, that, w like, looking back was so evident in my life is, like, um, because I had a lack of identity, right? In that moment, you can boil it down to a lack of identity because I wanted my identity to be in something and not what it was truly founded in, right? right? And um, so video games and pornography were my coping mechanism for a lack of identity in myself. Using outside things yeah. to fill that hole inside. Exactly. I mean, everybody's looking for their identity, right? Yeah. And I think us it's, as believers, we know what our identity yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's absolutely the uh, the chase of modern culture. I mean, you see, like, um, I, I was at be a... an influencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, the, the world's like view on it is, Hey, chase what makes you happy mm -hmm. and then perfect that, like perfect that in you. So you have to look down deep into yourself, find what you desire and pursue that, make that your calling, make that your life. Right. And then when anybody else disagrees with you about that, something that you've made like your identity, that person's wrong and you don't need them in your life. Right. And then if, that thing doesn't work out, well, then that wasn't truly your calling. You just have to dig a little bit more deeper into yourself and find it, right? It's this whole inward thinking. It's 
thinking about you, think about what you want, think about what you want to chase, right? And then in other cultures, right, it's look out first. What does my community need, right? You look at um, like Middle East, you look at any like agrarian culture, like you look back at um, Bethlehem or, or like in Jesus' day. Yeah. And what am I created for? Yeah. For like, others. Yeah. You look at your community. What does my community need? Oh, well, they need a blacksmith or they need um, another another shepherd. They need something else. You know, they need a, a winery. So I'm going to be a, a distiller, you know, like you look at your community and then you look up, right? Um, I was at a, a Bible study not too long ago. And he boiled it down to the to the three areas that people look for identity. You look in, you look out, and then you look up, right? And <clears throat> we talked about the first one, right? Modern culture in America, at least. I don't know where the listeners are right now, but in America, you look inward first, and then you look out. And the last place you look up, you look is up, right? You look at other cultures, it's look out, look up, and then look in, right? It's it's a different mindset, right? But as Christians, our call is to look up first and to only look up because that will determine how we look in and out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just the chasing of modern culture is in that time, I didn't know what my identity was and I was looking in to try to find it. And so I was trying to find, like, I was looking out for reference and looking in to see if that's where I wanted to chase, right? I was looking at video games and was like, oh, that's what I want to chase, right? So I'm going to make that my identity. So I'm going to call myself a gamer. I'm going to get into all the games and stuff like that. And then when that wasn't going the way I wanted it to, I was like, okay, well, how can I better encourage myself to chase this? Or how can I like enforce this identity a little bit more? And that turned into me stealing my parents' credit cards and using them online. And then through that access and online that led to an addiction in pornography. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that satisfies me. Right. So I'm going to use that and this to reaffirm my identity. So going back, like, when did you decide, I don't want to do this anymore? Um, Not when did it stop, but when did you decide you wanted it to stop? So, um, one, like, that was after I got caught. Um, <laughs> so, very, very nice coincidence. How about that? Um, but oh, yeah, I, I was... Back to the credit cards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was caught stealing my parents' credit cards because I was using like PayPal and bank statements and stuff like that. And I was, I was technologically savvy. So I knew that when, when like PayPal was used or when something was bought online at that time, my mom had had it set up to where like if her credit card was used, it would send her an email or something like that. So you delete her email. So I hacked into her email using username, password, and then deleted those emails and wasn't caught that way until I forgot one day. Would you say that that's a way of like pretending to be someone else? Because that, that to me, that sounds a lot like what, you know, identity theft is, Mm -hmm. you know, you take someone's identity, you, their, their credit card, their email, whatever you can get a hold of and use that and basically pretending to be that person Mm -hmm. And to buy whatever you want. Well, it's almost um, like I'm a better mom than my mom is. Like, so, like I can do, I can do mom better. So you got to put the mom hat on, and mm-hmm. this stuff isn't supposed to be here. Like, I want because I I stole from my parents financially right. for years, mm-hmm. and I would take that stuff because in my mind this is what it, my parents the way I would want them to be. Mm-hmm. It would be. See, like, um, I, I agree that that can be definitely a concept and definitely something that some people can, can struggle with. I know that wasn't me personally, Mm -hmm. because in those moments, I wasn't trying to be a better mom. I was trying to hide what I was doing. So I wasn't ever concerned with like, oh, like I believe like I should be doing this. Like I knew I shouldn't be like, that Mm -hmm. was, I think that was the worst part is I was conscious when I was doing all of it Yeah, is 
in those moments, I know it's wrong because I was raised in church. You know, I was raised knowing, like I, I knew about Jesus, I would say, right? So I, I raised and I was, no, I knew about Jesus and his requirements and his statutes and um, his <clears throat> like disposition toward things, you know? Um, and so I knew what I was doing was wrong because it was stealing. That was like, that yeah. was straight up, like not right. And then you look at like Matthew, um, I believe it's five or six that, um, uh, it's one of those chapters Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Six. Where he says, um, if anybody looks at a woman lustfully, um, you've already committed adultery in your heart, you know? It's better to gouge out your eye than for your whole and enter in the gates of heaven, like partially, right? Yeah. Than for your whole body to go into hell. Then it says the same thing about your hand, which many theologians, um, like I think it's pretty undisputed that every theologian believes like that's that's um, a call out to masturbation. Is like a, like um, he says it's better to cut off your hand, even your strong hand, right? Your dominant hand is what he's referring to, whether that's right or left. It's like even your strong hand, it's better to cut that off and cast it away than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Right. And wow. so in those moments, it never crossed my mind like, oh, I, I think my mom's being wrong. You know, like, I mean, there's obviously like going to be a prideful stance of, of any kid that like, oh, I feel like I could do better than what she's doing right now. You and know? not identity theft. Either. Right. So just yeah. covering yourself. But definitely. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like trying to just, cover your yeah. keep your identity protected. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, my mom would say CYA, you know, it's mm -hmm. cover your butt. Um protect yourself. Yes. And, uh, that's exactly what I was doing in those moments is I was, I would delete the emails. And then one day I, I didn't. And she was like, Oh, PayPal was used. I wonder what that was used on. And then she looked at the receipts and saw that like, it was like 600, $700 worth of stuff was, was purchased online and stuff like that. And, and I would have assumed it was like Two bucks here, five bucks there. Oh, it was definitely At like most ten. Twenty dollars subscriptions. It was yeah, I mean it was small amounts at the time, but there were several small amounts, right? And so that's what's decepting about like that's what's deceiving about like purchasing small items, is they're so much easier to be justified. Like you can justify those so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like oh, I want a bag of Takis or something like that from the from the gas station. Oh, they're like a dollar twenty five or and whatever. You go every day. And yeah, if you go every day though, that racks up so quickly, right? And in these video games, when you're basically if you're on the game, you're there, right? And if I'm there all the time, then what is the temptation? If I've if I've already spent five dollars on the credit card the first time, what's two bucks now, mm -hmm. right? You get on thirty minutes later. Right. And you look back. Yeah. You look back at <laughs> like, oh, you know what? You know what? Right. And then it just got to the point where it's like, at this point, I'm spending so much like consistently that I hate having to put in the credit card details all the time. And so I'm just going to buy the, like the hundred dollar thing. Right. And then I bought that like a few times. So you and, got caught. Oh, yeah. So I got caught. So what um, that? Uh, I was grounded uh, to say the least. But a different kind of grounded this time? Um, yes. So um, they caught me. Um, my parents were old school, so I got spankings, which, I mean, I'm all for. I mean, yeah. in the Bible it says discipline your kids. Um, sure. And then in Hebrews 12, um, it talks about that um, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves, like who he actually considers children he disciplines, right? Um, in the New King James, I think it, it's... Uh, What's the word? I can't think of it. I'll think of it later. But um, it's like you, you're disciplined by your father because he loves you. If you truly love somebody, you're going to discipline them. Why? Because in the moment, it may be painful, but you're course correcting, right? If you don't discipline now, that person's going to go off into the future and be so far off you that be able to exactly, right? Mm -hmm. It's um, think about it like the, like the two degree difference. Right. If you start a project, right, let's say cutting wood, right, and you have to cut like a floor piece, right, and it's and you're using plywood or whatever, yeah. right, two degrees at the start doesn't seem like much, right? It's like longer oh, the wood. A, yes, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Right. You start cutting and that two degree difference doesn't 
doesn't like you don't fix that two degree difference later down the road you're gonna have a piece that's so slanted it doesn't line up with anything anymore i just built a dog house my plywood is like a little wavy right because <laughs> you gotta course correct yeah you have right? to course correct right and that's that's what life is though right is yeah. it's a series of course corrections until we reach eternal glory mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's what the Christian walk is because none of us are perfect. Right. right? We Any all life fall that was short. lived in a straight line Exa- went straight to hell. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like anytime we're chasing after Jesus, we're imperfect beings. Right. We have an internal sinful nature that like won't be cured until we're in heaven. Right. And like the payment for it, past, present, future payment for any sin that we do this side of heaven has been paid for on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, that's the cross we have to pick up and carry daily, mm-hmm. right? Is the is the cross of grace, the cross of forgiveness that we've, that he died on so that we could live, right? That's the payment for it. But it doesn't mean that there's no course corrections this side of heaven. So let's talk about this course correction. Right. So this course correction was um, me being grounded from stuff. I wasn't able to go to a, a youth retreat because I was still really involved with youth. At this point, my my mom um, made sure to drag me and my brother to church all the time. And so we were really involved with the youth group and stuff like that and uh, wasn't able to do one of the retreats that they wanted to do or camps or whatever right? that I wanted to do that I truly wanted to do. Right. And so it wasn't until that moment when something I truly wanted was hindered because of something I wanted in a moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now yells louder, but later lasts longer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, that's good. That'll preach. (laughs) I read it in a Levi Lusco book. So check it out. (laughs) I believe, I believe it was swipe right. So say it again, say it again. Now yells louder but later lasts longer. Say that three times fast. I, I can't. <laughs> That's um, good. What's three times fast? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Such a late laugh. Yeah, so, I thought that was pity, hilarious. Pity, pity laugh. Pity laugh. Like, while laughing. So one of the – this was – I think when I got caught, it was like 2013 – and um, it was during the month of October, and I remember that because Fields of Faith was was coming coming up as well, and my parents actually let me go to that, and they're like, you, "That is something you you can go to," and I went, and I don't remember who was preaching, I don't remember the band, I don't remember anything else besides the call afterward, the altar call afterward, and in that moment, I was late, like late for the altar call, I was looking around and I was just like what am I even doing anymore like who have I become you know like I've been raised around this Jesus guy but I don't actually know him you know and I broke in that instant I started bawling running down the bleachers which is incredibly dangerous right don't run down bleachers you could especially crying especially crying when your vision's impaired like don't do that it's a bad idea but in that moment in that moment I had one goal in mind and that was Christ awesome and that's when it switched, right? That's when the actual come to Jesus part changed, where I was like actually going to Jesus. And I mean, I, I've, I've told my testimony before and um, it, like I feel embarrassed by it a little because like, I mean, I, I told this at the, the men's retreat, um, but compiling my testimony it's embarrassing because a year later I did the exact same thing, right? I, I came to Jesus and I fully believe I was saved that night, right? And then I did the same thing, but like worse a year later. But you just didn't understand what saved meant. Uh, like I I felt the same way with the coming to Jesus moment because mm-hmm. at that point now, I'm not going to make any more mistakes or sin again. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Right. That's not. Right. And so, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like, it's, it's all reverse reasoning, like what I was possibly thinking in those moments. But, um, I felt like my identity, like, like in the moment was, was still needing to be that, right? Was still needing to be like, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. Yes. Amen. Praise Jesus. But I've, 
but I've cultivated this identity years prior to be this gamer. So I still need to uphold that. Right. And that led me to doing the exact same stuff and falling into the same, the same traps, spending the credit cards on the same stuff. And parts of yourself that didn't die. Exactly. And one thing that I, I absolutely hate about church culture is uh, people, when they mess up after being saved, fear that they're not saved, right? They think that, oh, I'm just supposed to, exactly what you said is like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to sin again after I get saved. But that's not true, you know, yeah. is like there's there's two different terms in theology, right? There's, there's salvation, which is the moment your spirit is saved, right? Which is what Jesus paid for on the cross. The second thing he paid for is a life free from sin, right? Is a constant work of, and here's the second word, sanctification, right? Which is the constant work of like purifying the impure, right? Where the metal goes into the crucible it gets heated up to such a degree that the dross or the scum, right, gets raised out of it. You wipe the top and you put it back into the crucible, right? It's the process of purifying. That's what sanctification is, mm-hmm. right? And baby believers, right, It's there's a common misconception. And I'm not blaming any new believer for it, right? right. Because it's the same belief that we all have when we get saved. Right. It's... Oh, I, I'm going to be better now. Like this, this yeah. is the solution to all my problems. Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's like, it is the solution, but think, it's going to take some time. Like, sa- like sanctification is a process, right? I don't think the gospel, I I think the gospel include, doesn't include sanctification enough. Cause that's right. the good news. Everybody spreads the salvation, right. the salvation part. Cause yeah. I, I, there, you're, there's a ton of people. I've heard the right. same thing in the boat that. Oh, what's the sanctification? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so one-sided. It's unknown. It yeah. is completely unknown. Well, so many people are looking for that silver bullet. Right. Exactly. That silver bullet doesn't exist. It's fiction. Oh, mm-hmm. oh I thought you were talking about Coors Light. I'm sorry. Babats. <laughs> <laughs> That was no. a good one. I, I, that was a good one. I got that one. Okay. <laughs> I only didn't get it because I heard like one part of it. Coors Light, the silver bullet. Yeah. There's, they have. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, but but yeah, like there's there's no silver bullet. Here. Yeah, that's what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you read the Bible, when you go to church, they're looking for okay, like where is this thing that's going to make me stop being addicted to what I'm addicted to? Exactly. What is this thing that's going to make me stop playing my video games? Yeah. Maybe get off my phone. And the magic me, pill. Yeah, make me yeah. put down the drink. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I think that is like so perpetual, like that one of the misconceptions, like that being one of the misconceptions that's common is because we were raised, at least in America, we're raised in a culture of instant gratification, right? Where everything is instant. You got microwavable meals, you have instant television, you have Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, which is instant delivery, basically almost as quick as you sure. can get right now. I'm waiting for that update so I can get I, things two days ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, like... To just read your mind, but um, you we live in a culture of like, hey, if you want pizza, just order pizza. If you want pornography, just go to the website. If you want drugs, just call up that person you know that deals. You know, it's everything is instant, right? And I think that's what perpetuates this perpetuates this lie of like the silver bullet or the 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 magic pill. Right. Is like, oh, something that instantly fixes all my problems. Right. It's something that's perpetuated by this common culture, this this worldly environment that we're in. Right. Is, hey, if it's not fixing right away, it's wrong. Right. If Mm. if you're still addicted in 24 hours, it's wrong. Oh, if you still have a migraine, take a pill. And if you don't, if it's not fixed in 24 hours, take another pill or take a different pill. You know, we're raised in this culture of just everything's instant and so all of our problem solutions all of our solutions to our problems have to be instant which is just not the case right right anything worthwhile takes time 
Mm -hmm. Right. If you're learning the guitar, you're not going to be, you're not going to shred like the guitarist of Dragon Force on day mm -hmm. one. Right. What you're going to do is you're going to like hurt your fingers. You're going to mess up all the chords. You're going to hit the frets and buzz the chord. You're going to mess up the chord. Your fingers aren't going to be strong enough. You don't have any calluses on your fingers. Right. But as you continue to play, as you continue to learn, right, you learn more chord shapes. You learn better technique on where to hit on the fretboard. You build up the calluses on your finger, right? And you get stronger and stronger as you continue to be devoted to the thing that is life-giving, right? Which is exactly the walk with Christianity. Man, John, you're preaching. So preaching. in your life, what was making you stronger? Well, what did that look like for you? So um, at that time, I... Uh, like I, I got saved and like I gave my heart to Jesus. But again, I, I suffered with that silver bullet mentality that like, mm -hmm. oh, that magic pill, this is going to fix all my problems. And when it didn't, when I came across like and I, I was like I like through the, the use of pornography and the lack of sleep, I developed depression. Right. And I, I was so sad and discontent in myself because these things weren't satisfying that I felt like I could never be satisfied. That mm -hmm. I felt like I would I would always feel empty and and hollow, right? And like through that time diving into my word and praying, like it it's all baby believer stuff. Like you don't know how to do it very well yet. You know, it's like, if you come to Jesus, you're still like, you're still learning like, okay, well, how does my prayer life look? Like, how does God speak to me? You know, and just continuing to know God and stuff like that, that's always going to be beneficial. But sometimes you just have to have the devotion to get through the tough times. Right. And baby, baby believers, they have a hard time going through that sometimes. And that's why it's so important to encourage new believers that like, hey, when you come to this, like nothing's going to change right away, but it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. So a year later, you found yourself in the same situation. And yeah. worse. Yeah. And worse. Right? Yeah. I racked up, I think, a total of like 1800 at this point. Mm. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I could ground it again. Or did... uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. And was that one more effective than the first one? Yes. Um, because what happened is um, on top of being grounded from video games and stuff like that, we talked to my pastor about it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, my pastor was my best friend's dad. Oh, man. Yeah. So that added to it. <clears throat> it's like, oh, my best friend's dad knows all of my secrets now, you know? It's this is terrible. You can't hang out with Timmy anymore. Yeah. Not not until you. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, my, no, he was he was so good and he's he's since passed on. Um but I'll always be thankful for the time that I had with him personally and then for the friendship I have with his son. Um and he was the one that pointed out that it was an identity issue. Right? He was the one that was like, "Okay, these are all community games that you're playing. These are all things that like there's an internal social environment, right? Where you want to keep appearances, right? You want to look the best or you want people to perceive you as something. And that's when he pointed out that it was an identity issue. And so we talked to my pastor about it and, um, we, uh, like schedule scheduled, uh, reoccurring meetings with him. Um, at least me personally, like one-on-one -on -one with him. Um, so that we can continue to just grow and course correct because you need a mentor in your life. Um, that's one of the biggest benefits um, and biggest hacks. I'll tell like any like new believer out there, or even somebody that's been believing for a long time, but may not have one yet spiritual is mentor. have a spiritual mentor. It's, it's like a hack for Christianity, you know, is like having somebody that knows you well enough that he can point things out in you and that, like you're comfortable with him doing so yeah, that, that you know that it's not out of a place of judgment but out of a place of love that he's correcting you so you're going from being a hacker <clears throat> of technology right to a hacker of spiritual yeah basically, basically. yeah spiritual hack spiritual hack yeah it's a, a spiritual mentor yeah which but, uh, i mean some would say it's the key you know yeah it, mean, it really it really made all the difference and in that time um 
like my mom also made me do all the receipts uh, for our household for like a week or two weeks, so I you think. Can, you can know how much it costs. For yeah, all so this you, stuff, I right? knew how much it cost <laughs> and then um, had to get all the refunds back from everything that I had spent online. Oh, and so which required me, which required me to email, to call, to um, like go through all the processes of getting refunds back and in the process got my gaming account locked down because when the, so it was on Steam, right? Mm. Uh, like a, like a gaming platform. But if you're reporting misuse of the credit cards, uh, then they're going to shut the account down. Well, my technicality, it wasn't misuse of the credit card. It was stealing somebody else's credit card, but it was proper use on the platform, and that's what they looked at it as, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you consented to spend that money. That's not our fault that you were stealing the credit card, Mm -hmm. right? That was on your account. And when they wouldn't give me a refund back, I would, like, the bank would just take the money back from them, right? Because now from the mom's side... It was you're stolen. getting that money back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically, that was the right. ultimatum. It's like, you're getting that money back or else. Like, you're going to be sleeping outside. You know, I'm just kidding. She wouldn't <laughs> She wouldn't do that. She's not negligent. Um, she used to be sleeping on the floor inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Most likely. In the dog, um, in the dog kennel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the dog <laughs> um, but only release me for a couple periods of time to walk me, you know. It'd be okay. <laughs> use the but, restroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To use the restroom. They would feed Get me at, at certain times throughout the day. You know. Um, and only, Sometimes it's just dry kibble. I don't know what they were doing. You I'm just kidding. Take a shower like what once a once a month. Yeah, once a, once a quarter. I would say once a quarter. But um, <laughs> you know, you have to laugh about it or you'll cry. Um, <laughs> sure. We we and Trent have had many conversations. Yes. On having humor uh-huh. in tough moments like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, humor is my natural coping mechanism, so I, I'm terrible about, like, yeah. awkward situations anyway, so I just, like, Keeps diffuse situations. Exactly. Um, I'll have to tell you all about um, a joke I made at one point. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so she made me do, like, all the receipts and get the refunds back and stuff like that. And when the bank takes money back from that gaming platform, they were like, oh, we need that money back or you can't play this game anymore or whatever, and it got my account locked down that I purchased everything on. So I lost everything in the end anyway. Wow. Yeah, which is super cool, honestly, looking back, because I'm like, man, I needed that, right? Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. like the breath of fresh air. It's like, hey, you lost everything. You're on ground zero again. How's it feel? And you're like, wow. It's like when you, uh, using the analogy I used earlier, it's like that two-degree difference. Like we were way off at yeah. at the end right it was like felt impossible so to to return the board here's and a new so board exactly they mm-hmm. gave a new board and you're at that two degree difference again it's like this is so much easier to correct right i'm at grounds i don't have anything yeah. there's no appearances my everybody knows my my stuff right everybody knows my baggage right now it's all out there. right it's mm-hmm. like and that's why confession is so good mm-hmm. right is because it puts you at ground zero right when everybody knows and nothing changes you're like I'm not feel like I don't feel like I'm bogged down anymore. I don't feel like I'm so far off. Let me just go the two degree difference, which sometimes hurts dramatically. But let me create, let me make that difference now. Let me indulge in what the Bible says, right? And like run the race with endurance to like lean into the correction, not away from it. And course correct now. And Man, it, it was like a breath of fresh air. So what did you do with that breath of fresh air? Um, I took a deep breath first. You know, I was just like, oh, you know. So in times that I'm super stressed, like, or when you're super stressed, viewer, I, like, t- like, sit back and take a deep breath, right? It's just amazing. Um, but, man, like, I got to really reflect on my actions and my choices and make that two degree difference. That was like, it was clear in that moment where I was like, that's what's wrong. Like, it doesn't feel like I've got to go like a 90 degree turn or 180 degrees anymore. You know, I don't have to make this drastic change. It's, Hey, I found the root of the problem and that's what I can correct now. Right. It's an identity issue. So let me find my identity in Jesus Right. And and the person who purchased me, who purchased my identity to say that, hey, you're a son of God. Hey, you are chosen and you have 
I've created you for a purpose, right? It's Ephesians 2, right? Ephesians 2.10, I believe. It's like, um, let me look it up because it's powerful and I don't want to misquote it. So Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that's the New King James Version. And um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 already tackles that, like, we're not saved by works. But Ephesians 2, 10 tackles, but you do have a purpose, right? It's like, you're not just to be like, oh, I'm saved, and then continue living how you're living. It's like God prepared good works in advance for you to do, right? He knows that you have purpose, and he gave that to you. And when he died, when Jesus died on the cross, he purchased you for that purpose. Yeah. And the works aren't really as much for him as they are for, for you. Exactly. Know, right. He knows what we need. Exactly. To and, stay close to And him. that's one of my favorite things. If you look at before the fall in Genesis, Adam was given work to do. Yeah. And so man needs to it's work. <laughs> man, man needs to work. He has to have a purpose. Right. Yeah. And that's not just to, like our purpose is to worship God, but to also be fruitful here, right. not and just our work is worship. Exactly. Exactly. And so if work existed before the fall, wouldn't it be natural for the devil to try to twist it in modern ages? Yep. And so that's what people get so caught up in, you know, is, Hey, like work has to look a certain way. Work has to be super satisfying to me. Right. And so this breath of fresh air, I course corrected and was like, okay, well, here's what's wrong. My identity is not where it's supposed to be. Right. And that came from my pastor. He pointed it out. Right. He hit the nail on the head and I literally have that paper that he wrote that stuff on hanging up in my room because it's been so impactful for me in my life and my journey that pornography, masturbation, video game addiction, it's not like that wasn't the the problem, what was the problem was the identity behind right. it. That right? was the solution. Yes. That was the coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I look at that paper and I'm like, where is your identity? Where is it at right now? Now, how long ago was this? Um, that was back in 2013 or no, 2014, 2015, I think is when like after the second time it happened and when the pastor pointed it out. And so, uh, it's almost been 10 years ago. Since, <sighs> since uh, the last time that you've, indulged um in so pornography um no i mean since that since that meeting yeah so it's been i don't want to count i'll be honest (laughs) but um since since then you know uh it's about to be 2024 so we're excited for the new year so Mm. it's about to be nine years since that meeting yeah which is insane to think about that you hang that on the wall because that is the mark of a course correction. Yeah, that was that, that you're was still continuing. Yeah, that was the two home. degree difference for me. Yeah, and yeah, and so, um, was it Kronos? I mean, Is it a Kronos moment or a Kairos moment? Kairos. It's Kairos. I think. Okay, I don't know I'll I'll, I'll go with you because I don't know any better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was that was the big thing for me in that moment. Um, and. Like I'm not perfect by any means, and I mean I, I said it already. I was addicted to, to pornography hardcore for like eight nine years, and that surpasses the credit card video game issue, mm-hmm. and so I was still dealing with um, pornography and masturbation for, for several years after that. You know, and as a Christian, that's detrimental to your walk. But in that moment, I mean, it's the instant gratification thing. You know, yeah. it's like I had built such a such a bad habit with it that it formed into an addiction. Whereas, like, okay, I've got an excuse. I've I've got to indulge. I've, I have to excuse myself. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't help that some of my friends we, um, like I said, I was competitive by nature, and so we um, would talk about it all the time. You know, and um, it almost became like a competition who could reach certain milestones in relationships before another person, you know, and that was harmful. I mean, to the, the women I dated in the past and then also to my personal walk with Christ and my mental image of, of women and God's creation just as a whole. And that was super detrimental. And so, 
um, I was hardcore addicted to pornography and masturbation for eight, nine years. Um, again, that's, I don't know exactly what date that puts that at, but, um, like after then I've had a couple slip ups, but nothing major, you yeah. know, like if it's like, I think at most it was like a week that I, I struggled really, really hard. And that was, um, a couple years ago, a year ago, something like that. Um, and then since then, I mean, like I have the memories and that's, that's hard enough to deal with on a daily basis of just like, Oh, I don't want to deal with those, those images. I don't want to put any more in my head. Um, and there's, I mean, like, it's something that, uh, me and my buddies talk about and it's like, Oh, there's a daily fight to purity. And this you know? is a whole different group of buddies probably. Yeah. Right? A completely different group of buddies. Right. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't hang around, um, the old group much anymore. Um, and we've, we were all like, what's bad is we were all like church people. Like we were all, yeah, it was a church group. And a lot of, a lot of those guys, um, like we all have done a lot of maturing over the years and just like course correcting, you know, Mm. cause it's puberty and it's those hormones and that's not an excuse, but that's why it's so rampant. That's why it was so rampant. Yeah. Yeah. And so that course correction continues to happen too. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's a daily practice. Every time I slip up or every time Trent slips up, or you, mm-hmm. we continue to get that and course correct. Exactly. It's what we do after. Right? Yeah. It's, right. yeah, it's the choice you make. So getting to that, getting to today, um, when do you still get urges? And, and when you do, like, how do you respond? What are your fighting weapons? So community is, is number one. Like I have a great group of guys around me um, that help me stay pure and stuff like that, that I can go to whenever I am having those urges, whenever those, um, temptations come up that I reach out, I'm like, Hey man, like today is a struggle. Uh, I read a book by Jonathan Pecluda. He's the lead pastor of a, of a church in, uh, called Harris Creek in Waco, Texas. In the book and in a podcast, he talked about the CPR method, right? Which is, um, like in the moment temptation arises, CPR, confess, you speak to somebody else about what's happening. The strategy of the devil is to make you isolated, right? right? If he can get you isolated, he can get you only listening to his voice. We were talking about that in a small group mm-hmm. yesterday morning, good or bad. When I don't talk about it to anybody, mm-hmm. it is, it remains a secret. Exactly. And it has the freedom to do whatever the enemy wants to do with it in my mind. If nobody else knows about it, there's no there's no factual bounce right. off, and it can do whatever it wants in my head. To you, you think about the club scene, right? If you're partying in the club, the house lights are dark, right? And there's a reason for that because when they turn on, you see all the junk that's on the floor, <laughs> the sad faces, baggy eyes. You see just ugliness of that environment. That's what dragging temptation into the light does: is it shows you its true form. The CPR method is confess, pray, and then repent, right? So you confess to your brothers or your small group or whatever, whoever your trusted people around you are that are strong Christians, um, you pray because the devil wants you isolated. When you're in community with God, you're not alone. Mm. And so you pray and then you repent, which is like, hey, any form that I might have like indulged in or looked at knowing that it would cause temptation or whatever, if you slipped into the sin, then you repent and then you continue on, right? One battle for me is like if I slip up, right, I get overwhelmed with shame and guilt. Well, shame and guilt aren't from God. Those are from the enemy, right? See, the devil wants to push you through the door of temptation and then kick you on the other side, right? He wants to say, oh, it's not that bad. And then when you pass the door, when you go through it, he wants to kick you for going through the door. Right. And that's not God's heart. God picks you up out of the dirt and tells you, Hey, you're still loved. You're still a child. You're still my child. And I want you to continue. Like you knew it was wrong. Repent and then continue living how Christ wants you to, wants you to live. That's a, that's a great CPR. I mm. remember that. And so, yeah, it's, I had a, a big come to Jesus time. Like I, like I had 
dark ages past the the credit card stuff where I fell away from faith and like searched for bodily desires and uh, indulged in temptations and stuff like that that we've already talked about pornography I was a sex addict I I looked for that and continued to to like get into relationships for that sole purpose um, but it wasn't until like I got severely depressed and the person I was with at the time wasn't helping my mental state and we agreed on found we disagreed on foundational issues and um I went to church one day with my family and I like I was awakened at that moment. I was just like, this is life without Christ and this is not how I want to live. I want to go back to when I was living with him. And that was a big come to Jesus moment. And after that, I got really plugged in with young adults. One of the one of the outreach, the young adult like ministries here in San Angelo with Celebration Church. Not long after I got involved with that. Um, I got, I became a member of Celebration Church as a whole, was reminded of my calling to be, uh, to preach, um, and was like, this is where I want to be, you know? And so getting plugged in with your local church is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, getting good community around you that will uplift you and point you in the right direction when you're, when you're slipping, um, and then having like your daily devotional, like getting in your word daily and reminding yourself of the promises of God. You know, it's like, hey, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart for he has overcome the world, you know, and man, like praying often, 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 you know, and I believe fasting is, is a very healthy thing to practice as well, because you're training your body to say no to its like to its urges in order to pursue spiritual goals, right? That's that's what fasting is. And it's not to get anything from God. It's a reprioritization of your life. Like, yeah. hey, God, like you're the most important. So I'm going to sacrifice this something just to be near you. And that's what I would recommend. When I really got free from pornography and masturbation and like sex, I fasted. I did a water fast for eight days, which sucked because <laughs> <laughs> I was only drinking water. I had, well, I had a protein shake in the morning because I'm a kinesiology major. So I know how important nutrition is. And I was just like, I can't go like a week without protein because like I get, it's just yeah. nutritional facts and stuff like that. But so I would have one protein shake in the morning and then water the rest of the day. And I did that for eight days. Mm. And after that, though, I felt so refreshed and so clean that I was like, dude, that stuff isn't even appetizing to me right now. Because I remember how gross I felt when I indulged. And so I would recommend that to you. Like, yeah. what is it like now? It's freedom. It's peace. Romans 8.1 is, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So no matter what your past is, no matter what your addiction is, no matter where you're at now, if you've even slipped up yesterday or today, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So that's what I would recommend. Like get plugged in, get into your word, pray often, and get a community around you that will point things out in you and correct you when you're blind to it, but also will lift you up when you fall. So. Man, dude. You gave so many tools right there. Yeah. And I, I really encourage the viewers and even for myself that we, we need to pick up those tools and use those tools. And because God gave us the, the biggest tool of them all, the his word. Yeah, absolutely. Carpenter yeah. is not as good as tools he has. He's as good mm. as the tools he uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, bro. Thank, thank you so much. I was going to ask you if you had any other thoughts, but I feel like you said everything that was right? last words directed right at the yeah, listener that, that's what it really yeah, felt like that was good and dude thank you so much thank you all for having me on i really am honored by it yeah I, i'm very blessed you know i'm telling you this right now that i'm very blessed to have a friend like you in, in my life and and uh i'm you know i'm, I'm 
I'm sure Trent is too. Just, Absolutely. You know, just have a, a fellow believer. Yeah, I'm so thankful for y'all like, and what y'all are doing. I mean, this is incredible. Like, <laughs> y'all are changing lives, and that is so cool to see firsthand. Yeah. Absolutely. I know he is. Yeah. Like, whether it's is. one person or a million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we hear from people, even he's in Waco, but mm-hmm. when we get messages, it's like we're talking to each other, just like praise Absolutely. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You want to pray us out? Absolutely. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this episode. We thank you for the listeners that are in, listening wherever they may be. Father, that I ask that you just you bless them, Father, with any words that were spoken today, with any questions that were asked. Father, I ask that you help specific things highlight for different people. Father, I, I pray freedom over whoever may be listening right now, Father, that no matter what they're struggling with, Father, help them to know that they're loved, that you are their refuge, Father. They don't have to run from you any longer, that they can turn around and run straight into your arms because they're open and waiting. Father, we thank you that that you are always waiting. Father, you're, you're always ready for us to turn to you. Man, we thank you so much that, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to give us the the blessing that we didn't deserve and to take the punishment we did. Father, we thank you for, for the listener again. Father, we pray blessings over them. We pray protection over them, wherever they may be, whatever they may be struggling with, that you keep them safe and protected, maybe from mental attacks, from maybe from emotional attacks, or maybe even from physical attacks. Father, but I ask that you deter any advance of the enemy in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the voices of of Bailey and Trent. Father, I ask that you just continue to use them in this podcast. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, don't forget to like. And subscribe. And if you really liked it, share it with somebody. Please share it with someone. Check us out for our next episode, two weeks. Like and comment. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Even though it's it's going to come out after, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But happy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope Christmas you anyway. had a good one. <laughs> Anything worthwhile takes time.